the wildest thing that's happened to me was I was working in the first office that I helped open for my father-in-law and uh, him and my now wife, uh, they took a trip for a month to Malaysia and they were gone. And I was just the only person. And, you know, customer walks in, you know, this office, we had a nice bathroom, right? And in the actual office, you know, it was a small office, but we had our own private bathroom. It was great. Customer, you know, would always, every single time, no issue. But of course, when he's gone, <laughs> this customer decides to use the restroom. They're in there for a while. Like, I, oh, I mean, no. like a very awkward long time. And you're just like, <laughs> okay, you're sitting there, they come out, you don't think anything of it, right? They leave, they do, you know, pay their bill, they leave. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the movie Dumber and Dumber or like whatever. Yeah, like, Dumber Dumber. Right? Like, yeah, well, the second one where, you know, he has the Hershey chocolate in his back pocket, <laughs> melts, he wipes it everywhere, it looks like there's <laughs> crap everywhere. Right? Well, that's what I walked into. <laughs> I walk into this no. and it's on the wall, it's on the floor somehow. It's not around the sink though. I mean, so I, <laughs> I'm not quite sure on that one, but uh, yeah, that was a uh, an awesome thing. Also, we clean our own bathroom, and I was the only employee, so, and they were gone. So uh, yeah, that was a that was a sobering uh, experience. Never worked by myself again, <laughs> and we had to have a talk actually with that customer and said no more. We wouldn't oh allow them to. So that's the wildest thing that's happened to me out of my about 12, 13 years with Allstate now. So uh, my name is Seth Smith, Seth Smith Agency here out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I'm an insurance dude. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Pretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance agents. Boom! That is an amazing story. I love that we were talking prior to this and you're like, well, let me think of a story. That's really crappy. You had that one. And you're like, I don't know if I want to say that one. Yeah, That's probably what it was. That's the one. That's a good one. one. Yeah. It was a crappy story. Yeah, very, very bad. It was very, a very crappy. crappy yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand... Like how you miss, like it's a pretty simple setup, right? Like the whole toilet thing. Yeah. Like it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. And I'm, my thing is though, like that besides the point, there was no mess around the sink. That's my <laughs> most concerning part, right? Like, right. I mean, the, you you know that happened and then they came right out, right? Oh. So I'm like, uh, Did he give you a big hug after he came out? Oh, no. no Did no, he shake no. anybody's hand? Huh? Did no, no. Nope. Oh, good. Nope. I didn't hear the sink. So I was like, yeah, I'm not, oh. this is not happening. Like I usually do, but no, not this time. <laughs> wow. So here's the good this is going to make you feel better is I work as a busser at a bar. It was a big bar in Fullerton owned by the, the guys from lit. So it was all like rock, rock and roll paraphernalia. They had a, they'd get extremely busy. So one night on like a Friday night, it got crazy busy. The next thing you know, they're like, there's some lady in the, in the photo booth that like won't come out. And like, well, all this stuff, like what's going on in there. And to make a long story short, we could kind of see the legs and like, like the underwear drops and there's poop everywhere. And all of a sudden she, ran out and ran down the street. I'm like, what just happened? Like, what? Like, and I'm a little, little hazy on, I think I got brought into this like the very last second. So I, I don't know exactly what. We've all been there. Before that. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I mean, we've all been there. Right? Yeah. In a photo it, booth, well, you gotta go when you gotta go. A hundred percent. And so she, and I know that our bathrooms had a line. So like, she just couldn't make it. So then we opened the curtains. On the curtains, there's poop. There's poop everywhere. Smeared all over the top, the bottom, everywhere. And it was like, well, you're the new guy. <laughs> and so I had an entire 
entire crowd, like a Saturday, hundreds of people watching me clean every inch of the photo booth. So that was like right when I started and like everybody was like, dude, I got mad respect for you. I wouldn't do that. Like, so, 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 like you just knew at that point it could never get worse, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like the job could not get worse at that point. So you stick it out. You know, it's just up upward there. Right. Was this before or after kids? Oh, before. Oh, yeah. So you were not prepared for anything like that. Like after kids, you're kind of desensitized to some of that. Well, that's just a Friday night. Like that's a normal day. <laughs> that's what yeah. it is yeah. every day at your house. I have two boys. Yeah. Boys yeah. and wiping themselves issues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always. Gross. I wonder if there's anybody still listening. I know. Okay. So let's dive in. Seth, so you've been a part of a family that it sounds like have worked for captives. Tell us that the whole story. I want to yeah. get, let's get into that. Yeah. I mean, kind of funny story, but I mean, uh, it's also kind of how I started dating my wife too. So it led me to my wife, you know, got to give them uh, respect for that. Right. But I was working at Staples. I was uh, the tech nerd, whatever you want to call it, fixing computers. I sold my now father-in-law, his computer, office, desk, like everything oh, for wow. his office. And he just said he liked my personality and just how I was selling everything on, you know, upgrading them on everything. So he was like, hey, I need a salesperson. I'm starting a brand new agency. And, you know, there wasn't one in that town at the time. And it was in a rural area. So I said it was going to be a good opportunity, you know, and I'm making next nothing anyways at Staples. So I was like, why not? Didn't hire me because then his daughter wanted to date me. And so he didn't want that kind of like awkwardness, but he did decide to anyway. So we helped open that office and then we got it over to, we were one of the, the top agencies at that time in the state um, in Indiana, just wrote a bunch. We grew it in like three or four years to one point, like one, 1.2, 1. Uh, three years. And then essentially offered him to open another one up in Fort Wayne. So we we're like, okay, go ahead and do. And so he, we opened this one here and as well, then we sold off the other one. Having two locations was a little bit of a stretch for us. I mean, they were about an hour apart each way. Uh, and so it just was, it was better. And the agent who took over has been doing an amazing job with it. He worked for us um, at the time and it just turned out to be an awesome situation. And then now, and then we opened this one scratch and um, uh, I think about nine years later, uh, he ended up selling it to me and I took over. I, now I haven't always been, you know, I, I worked for him and then, you know, you always see that there's greener on the other side, right? Like if you always want to try new things, you know, I was what, 21, 22 when I first started. So I tried all these other jobs. So yeah, we uh, just essentially decided to, like I tried all kinds of different things, selling in-store, 100% commissions, all that stuff. I even tried opening my own broker office as well. And it just didn't, didn't work out. So, but essentially when he was ready to, I mean, we had this game plan for me to take over. And then all of a sudden he was like, uh, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And yeah. So uh, when did that happen? So early 2021, we were planning on like a three-year plan. So, you know, in three years, I was going to take over. And then a new comp structure, you know, came out and it just like all these things started rolling. And he's like, you know what? I'm at that age, not ready to do it. So he's like, I'm not, I'm not wanting to do this. I'm not wanting to go through change. So I was like, all right, more than happy to take over. I'll just somehow make this all happen in six months and we'll go from there. Super cool. That is awesome. You know, there's not many agents that start working from an LSP standpoint, right? And like, I think that's so cool to have that experience before because something about, you know, being in the trenches and then yeah. being at the helm and, and being able to empathize with what everybody's going through, right? Yeah. Super cool. So how have things changed since you started? Uh, <laughs> like, what, what, so what was your approach to sales with the first couple agencies? And then now what is your approach um, and how's that changed? We've had to like, we've always been about new bits, right? I mean, obviously everyone wants new business. You always want to try to write as much as possible. The only thing is we, it was at a point easier to keep customers and it was more cost effective at the time to keep customers. So when we first opened the first one into the second one, it just made more sense to focus on retaining, 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 still writing new business, but try to retain as much as possible. And something that I've had to shift from, especially like taking over last year, we want to retain as much as possible, but there's a lot of things outside of our control right now. The only thing that I do have control over is how much I spend on marketing, bringing new customers in, 
learning and doing our best, you know, with the sales staff training and getting the new business, because that's where the obvious focus is now is get as much as possible, as fast as possible right now, too. So that's where I've had to really kind of shift my mental is like, yes, I want to retain as many customers as possible. I still want to go above and beyond for my customers. But at the end of the day, people are leaving for a dollar, five dollars, you know, a month. And your service isn't worth as much as what it used to be. Loyalty, the, you know, we can do everything we can to show why we're different and we know why we're different. But at the end of the day, especially right now in this, where we're at as an you know, economy and everything, is, it's, it's all about the saving the penny, right? So mm-hmm. that's what we have to focus on is just bringing in the business. Yeah, it's been my experience that that value proposition that makes us more valuable than than the everybody else, right? Because we're already perceived as a commodity. So in this situation, you have these people that are willing to bounce for a nickel or a penny or whatever, right? Creating that value is so important, but not just like after acquiring them, but the whole journey, right? So yeah. if they come in as a lead, like, you know, obviously meeting them where they are with that lead to give them the fast, quick, easy, all that stuff. But then in that conversation, transforming it so that it becomes something of more value right? We have to differentiate ourselves. Oh, yeah. What kind of things do you do up front do that? I One is uh, definitely is building the report, right? More that we treat every call as transactional. That's how the customer will, will see us. And then also when it comes to renewals, it's transactional, right? There's no report. There's no substance. Without that substance, you, there is no differentiation between progress or, you know, any of those 1-800 teams, you know, or even brokers and stuff like that. There's just no difference between us and them. So we got to show them why we're different. And that's one thing we do is we spend time on the phone. I don't care. You know, it's an extra 15, 20 minutes. It, that's what's going to set us apart, finding out about them. And then also during that time while you're finding out about them, just getting information like, you know, like about their family, that way, you know, leads to referrals and also just letting them know like the agent value. So that's one thing that we definitely do here is just stress on like, if they call my office, I might not be available 24 seven, but if they need something, they know I will call. They can talk to their agent. They can. So that's something like that. Even myself, people that, you know, go is like, Hey, you're going to see his name on there, but if you need something, he's there and he'll call, he'll talk. And I don't know, I feel like that's what separated us and just being genuine and front with the customer. Even if they leave, I mean, we're we're still leaving on a good note. And I'd say at least 95% of the people that leave me tell me they don't want to leave. Um, they said, I wish I could stay with you. I wish, but the difference between what's out of my control and what the other companies are offering, it, it's just out of our control. And it, and this, like I said, in this time, it's just every penny counts. On. Yeah. I remember in one of our weekly calls that we do with our members is that in those that instead of fighting to keep them like you know our our natural gut reaction is to fight 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 we got to save it we got to save it got to save it we're going to make an effort to save it but instead of i guess for lack of a better term like poisoning the well by being a little too clingy right nobody wants somebody that's clingy and oh the please don't go right we're not going to beg for it but at that point and and this is what came out of this discussion and why it sticks out is they they said look i totally get it you know you got half off they they're losing money to acquire you in this instance and that's okay you know you're going to save two whatever 500 bucks that's great so this is what we're going to do i'll circle back at six months i'm going to put on my calendar i'll call you myself or you know or larry will call you and and then we'll get you requoted and likely they're going to be going up so that they can actually be profitable and will probably have either a sweetheart rate or or you know we'll be able to be right in the wheelhouse because at the yeah. end of the day our costs are pretty similar and yeah. you get that right mr blah 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 and then they're going to say yes and there you go now you've pre-framed it right always getting the permission for win back the one of the key things when they leave we just we get the permission right then on the yeah. phones and that way we do have no matter what the 
ability to call them back and we never hear like maybe one out of the blue will be like no i don't want you to call me back right okay uh, like, that's, that's your prerogative but 90 percent of the time or 95 it's going to be yeah please call me back I have no yep. problem with it and they would love to come back so it's this is the instance of asking for permission is a good thing whereas normally it's we just ask for forgiveness right yeah exactly <laughs> at least with our wives describe your team and their roles so we're a including me a three uh, person st- uh, office here i have one person who is just 100 dedicated sales they don't do customer service they don't do any of the follow-up stuff like that i have an office manager who will do that the notes of cancellations all all that stuff and then i and we'll kind of split the reviews we'll and i still sell because that's honestly one of my favorite things to do. I've always been with, with my father-in-law, but I've just always been the sales manager, salesperson. And I, that's one of my favorite things to do. So I don't want to, just because I, you know, I'm the agent to lose out. So, and that's one of my favorite things to do. So uh, that's essentially what we do is I, I kind of tend to do every of the areas, but I do have a dedicated salesperson because I feel like right now that's the biggest, one of the most important thing is not having them split is just at least having that one person or multiple people, if you can do it. And just have them 100% dedicated to sell so that they're not getting burnt out with those, you know, customer service calls or issues. And, you know, I'm used to dealing with them. Salespeople tend to, that's not their forte, right? Love that. It's a different breed, yep. right? Like a salesperson is a different breed than a service person. Yeah, I you don't put a baseball pitcher as the kicker for the football team. That'd be exactly. crazy, but that's what we try to do. Yeah. <laughs> So true. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's funny too. You take somebody that's on service and you tell them to sell and it, they clamp up like it's like, oh, like it makes them feel horrible, right? It makes them just ugh, hate their job. And then with the salesperson, it's the same thing. Like they love the hunt. They love to go out there. They're not afraid of rejection, but they're usually not as detail oriented, not as like follow up oriented. Like they just love to talk to people and not as organized, right? Yeah. So it's like you try try to throw a salesperson into a service and salesperson, it's wacky, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, and that's something I've had to teach myself is to become all the roles, right? Because I was a salesperson and that's exactly, I love the hunt, love the challenge, taking notes, doing all yeah. the, you know, the follow-ups getting the paperwork, you know, like when I, we didn't have that kind of organization when I was in the sales position. So it, it did burn me out when I had to take in all the customer service calls and then still sell. Yeah. It just, That's tough. It didn't work. It's like having to like change how you think too, right? It's oh, yeah. different ways of thinking. How do you juggle wearing all those hats? Sometimes I feel like I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just one of the things like I don't have a choice. This is to me, it's my, you know, family's livelihood. And I've just, I've got to make it happen. I've got to make sure that I have everything in place that I need to, you know, compliance wise to help protect us and just the things in place that helps make us successful as for sales, but then also compliant when, you know, something does come up, you know, like with claims and whatnot. So it's just something that when you're in that position, you're either going to adapt or fall apart. And to me, I I didn't have the, I don't have the choice of the second part, you know, like this, you know, we're a single family income, like it's from me. So I got to make it happen. That's kind of how I just, I have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the pressure is so good in creating energy and movement, right? Like you can't sit idle because you know, I mean, if things fall apart, it's all on you and then it's not good, right? So yeah. we got to make sure that you provide and, and you get it done. The other, I think, important part that this probably will resonate, like your message will resonate with a lot of people because I think there's a lot of agents that are at this stage of their agency. I think is important also to acknowledge that it probably isn't, it's not sustainable to be the jack of many trades forever, right? Like, but knowing, okay, this is the four, I'm going to do this for three years, four years, five years, whatever it is. And then, then I'm going to 
pull myself back. I'm going to have somebody that replaces me that oversees yep. this stuff. Then I can focus on higher level acting. And knowing that is an important thing. I think young in my career, I didn't have an understanding of that. It sort of felt like, and feel back to feelings, right? Like what you feel is what you perceive to be true. And so you know, it felt like there was no light at the end of the tunnel for oh, yeah. a very long time. So anybody that's in this spot where you're doing this, this is normal, right? It's normal for it to be insanity right now, oh, yeah. right? Dang. At the front end, but you push through this and hopefully there is, uh, you know, somebody at home and a family that depends on you. Cause I think that really fuels it, but to push through this part, knowing that there is a plan here, or you should have a plan get to where then you can scale. Exactly. And that's essentially like, I, I'll be honest, I was cocky going into this at the beginning of last year. Not going to lie. I was like, you know what? I did everything, you know, before I can just do it myself. I'll, I'll be able to handle all of it. We'll still grow. But then it, as the year kept going, I was like, I'm going to lose my mind. So I was like, I'm just, uh, uh, it's going to be one of these days. It's just going to be, it's going to be it gone. So I was like, you know what? Did I have exactly the funds to bring on a salesperson? I didn't at the moment, you know, like, you know, I have a loan for the office, I have all these other bills, and then I have to increase marketing. And it's like, but at the end of the day, I had to look at it as like, can I sustain, say for the next six months, you know, paying this person, training them, and then being something in place to where in six months, we'll start seeing the returns, right? Like we'll start seeing like, usually I say two to three months, you're, you're eating it, right? You're just going to have to eat it. You're training, you're making them learn, you're helping them learn. You're making, you're just, you're going to make bad decisions along the way and good decisions, right? So you just have to eat those first two months, but it's one of the best things that I did because I mean, they're helping, you know, bring in majority of the cells and I can just supplement with some of the others for right now. And like you said, having a plan is the big thing is I do want to step back from as much as I love sales. I want to have another salesperson, which I will be bringing on this year. And it's just one of the things that it's a, it's a necessity. You do have to sometimes just, uh, my friend there, Magano, he essentially told me too, he's like, don't be worried about like having to spend that money. You'll make it back in the future, right? Like you just have to look at the future and be like, I spend it now. I eat it now, but then what's this going to look like for, right. you know, by this time next year. And I mean, I mean, we're, you know, I, I'll say like we increase about 20% from when I took over in premium. Um, and I mean, we're, we are growing, we're expanding and starting to pay itself off. I mean, we had one of our best months last month. I mean, just so much going on that I, it was hard to even keep control of, which was a great, great thing. I mean, but highest premium, highest items that we've had since yeah. I took over. And I mean, with the salesperson, that's the only way I was able to do it. Yeah. It drives me crazy. You have like a lot of people out there, a lot of talking heads, you know, so much information talking about, oh, you can crush it at your agency by, by selling, you know, like, and it's all focused on the selling and none of it on the math, right? And I think that if we can, like, I think you now have an understanding of the math, wrapping, when we know the math, like it, you can remove the emotion, right? If we know the data, like this is the equation, this is the math. Okay, I'm not getting my return right now, but I know the math. So I know that in six months, it actually does play out. And then in 12 months, it's like stack. It's 18 months, stack. 24 months, stack, right? And then it starts just, then it's okay. Now I'm bringing in another salesperson. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. But it's taking that, like, it's the fear that holds us back, right? Like, and not thinking of like what you were talking about, the comp compounding effect that it has. Mm -hmm. month after month after month, six months, year, 18 months, those renewals just keep adding up. And yeah. um, it's just the fear getting over that initial fear of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be out this money for three to six months. What what do I do? It's not worth the risk. But it, at the end of the day, if you keep thinking that every single month, then we would be behind. We might not be able to hit our goals, you know, which we would be even farther behind. So it's like, 
in the end, you have to just kind of take that leap. And like you said, do the math and see what it looks like six, 12, 18 months out. I love that. One of the things with business owners, especially I didn't know prior to being a business owner is, you know, when I was a, an employee, I just thought week to week or, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And I didn't really understand the investment that it takes to grow. And it is very relatable to what we've been told, you know, growing up where it's like you invest in, you know, going to college. And then once you do that, you know, you can get a better job, right? That crazy myth, uh, but <laughs> spend a half a million and you'll get a really good job that you'll never make. Up. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. But same principle applies though. And the principle is correct where you do have to in- invest. You have to invest in yourself first, your skills, in, in some sort of capacity. And then if you own a business, the best business owners invest in their business and they get really good at delayed gratification. We don't see, no one tells us that prior to being a business owner, or maybe some people, if you spend <laughs> enough getting the right education, but you have to invest in yourself. And the business owners that can think the furthest out are the ones that have the most success. How long can you delay that gratification? Six months, a year, two years, like, you know what I mean? How different do you operate when you think that way? And to be able to, like, for you, it's incredible that early on in business ownership that you've understood that, hey, I have to delay that gratification if I really, truly want to step up. Like if I want to make an impact, if I want to be able to grow outside of just me making calls, I know that was my biggest pain was that first year I tried to do it all myself. And I realized like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. Like, even if I was the best salesperson on the planet, I wouldn't be able to do this. So the best use of my time is getting somebody else to do it or at least proving it with someone else so I can do it with them. And then I have a model in which to scale, but all that stuff costs money. And it comes back to fear versus faith. Either you're going to have faith and make that that step and that those moves in the right direction and not let the fear take over because fear is always going to tell you to not do that, right? And when we operate in fear, and I think it's hard not to being an agency owner, especially with the change of environments is like, if you're making decisions based on fear, you're not making true leader decisions. But if you're moving in faith, then you know, it's it's like the great sign of a leader. And it's it's awesome that you've learned that early on and, and have been able to take the, the plunge and see success now, you know, at least like you're having the best, did you say the best yeah. month ever, right? Yeah. It's our best month uh, to date. And it's, Super um, cool. it was a good feeling uh, to be able to have that. Cause I, you know, like I hit over a goal that I established with one of my leaders as far as what I wanted to do in a month and, you know, premium wise and item wise, and we're actually able to do it. That's like hitting that, those goal marks, right? Like I said it above, well above what we did in any month last year. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is my goal I want to get to. And it happened and I was like, okay, this is a, this is a 